Welcome to the game of life where everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you. I'm your host, Gail Nelson, President and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters of Miami. I'm pleased to have with me today some incredible bigs as we celebrate Black History Month. Uh, coming up next, we have Austin Keynes, our big brother of the year. Uh, Nitima Jackson, big sister, and Rob Collins, big brother as well. So we are so excited about having them with us today. And when you think about these incredible bigs and what they've done, we're going to have some fun today. So let me go back and bring our bigs in right now. Stand by, stand by. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing today? Great, how are you? Excellent, excellent. There we go. I was waiting on, on Austin to join <laughs> us as well. Uh, and uh, thanks for being with us, guys. Uh, and let me just do something very quickly. Can you all see those pictures on your screen? Yes. <laughs> excellent. Okay, so let me, let me go ahead and do a little something. What about those? What about, let me go back. Hold on a second. There we go. Uh, and, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> so, first of all, welcome, welcome, welcome. As we celebrate Black History Month, as we celebrate mentoring, it's so it's a pleasure to have you all with me today, uh, Rob, uh, Natima, uh, and of course Austin. Uh, so, let's talk about these pictures first of all. Uh, and I got it before I stop sharing on the screen. Uh, in that top, the top pictures, uh, I see quite a few. So uh, let me start with you, Austin. I usually go ladies first, Natima, but because I got these images, I got to go ahead and let our big brother of the year, Austin Keynes, uh, talk to us first. Uh, and as you look at these pictures, and as you think about where we are, uh, what does Black history mean to you, Austin? Great. Gail, good afternoon. It's after 12. But for Black History Month, to me, it's about giving thanks and gratitude to my forebears, those who have came before me. It, it is about understanding that those before me went through a significant struggle, hardship, and made tremendous sacrifice for me to enjoy what I'm able to enjoy today. They were prosecuted, and because of that struggle, I enjoy being able to attend school freely, go to college, get an education, and being able to, to be accepted and be respected and vote on issues that impact my people, which are key things. So to me, it's about giving thanks and gratitude back to my forefathers. And as you look at these pictures, we're going to talk about uh, Stephen in a little bit, mm -hmm. but I want people to, we give thanks for you uh, is our big of the year, Austin, because you see a little boy on that screen and you see a grown man as well. And you see um, mom, you see family. And so I want to just thank you because we are thankful for you and what you have done you know, as well. Team, I'm going to you next. And I just put up on the screen some beautiful pictures, Tima, 
Uh, and I call you Tima because I just know you that way. Uh, so, uh, so, so sorry, Miss Jackson, that should be a song. Uh, <laughs> see what I did there, Rob? See what I did? <laughs> and I am for real. Uh, so, uh, Natima, uh, again, uh, as you think about these beautiful pictures, we're going to talk about your little sister in a minute. What does Black history mean to you, sister? Yes, Black history is a time to reflect on what our ancestors so hardly fought for and to remember also their great contributions that afford us, you know, we are able to do great things and like the doorknobs and fire extinguishers, our ancestors are amazing and uh, we are to live out their great legacy as well and create more legacies. So yeah, Black history is amazing always, not just February, every day of the year, but I'm glad we take out this time and make it very special so that our kids, you know, can see where we come from and where we're going. I love that. And again, uh, Austin mentioned gratitude and giving thanks. Uh, you talk, you use the word legacy. And I see you and this beautiful young lady, your little sister. And so we're building legacies and Black history is made daily. So Rob, now we go to you. Mm -hmm. And I see a little guy. Uh, and again, I don't know who's happy, you or him. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about that too, brother. Uh, but I like giving these this backdrop because all of you are incredible bigs. Um, so Rob, the same question goes to you, brother. What does Black history mean to you and for you? Uh, for me, when I think about Black history, it's, uh, it's about recognizing how for so long and still, even now, um, the extent to which our history gets left out um, because we were on the losing end of so many things in history. So as a result, we don't get to tell our tales as much. And I appreciate that it's a, a chance to highlight a lot that has, frankly, very purposely, uh, purposefully been left out and omitted. So I appreciate that it, it's a, a chance to spotlight uh, contributions that really had been left out of the story on purpose. Well, I appreciate that. And so now I stopped the share so we can get into it a little bit. Uh, and again, those images that you all saw uh, that are joining us, and thank you all for joining us that are that are with us through the various platforms, YouTube, uh, Facebook, whether you're watch watching live with us now, or if you're going to check us out later on. Uh, we're here uh, with three incredible bigs, big brother Austin, big brother Rob, and big sister Natima. And I just want you all to know that as we celebrate Black History Month, it is Black history is not limited to a month. It is Black history is made daily. And what you all are doing in this podcast is all about it's a it's a mentoring podcast. We talk about relationships. We talk about race. We talk about resources in our community and investing in our community. And I'm just thrilled. I'm privileged to know each and every one of you, but also to have you all as guests on the show today. As we think about the challenges we faced in 2020 and the ongoing challenges we face right now, let's talk about hope. Let's be solution focused. It's one thing to uh, complain. It's one thing to uh, state an issue. But when it comes to our children and investing in our community, we need to be solution focused, forward thinking. And so I will talk. I want to start with Rob on this one. Rob, what gives you hope for race relations for the future? What gives you hope for the future regarding race relations? In all honesty, uh, this is um, up my avenue. Um, I, I'm a lawyer at a place, a nonprofit that fights discrimination in housing. That's my full-time job. 
And so when I think about, um, when I think about the campaign, frankly, the campaign platforms that a lot of people, especially in this part of the country, the Southeast, the plat, plat, campaign plat, platforms that politicians had 60 years ago, segregation now, segregation forever, like that's what they were selling, right? And we've come to a point at least, and you know, you could argue about whether, um, whether it's enough yet or anything, but at least we've come to a point where now you call a politician racist and they want to say, oh no, it's not me. At very least that shows, okay, the needle has moved in far, as far as what mainstream society will accept. And we have a long way to go, um, but as we saw the, the energy behind the Black Lives Matter protests in, um, uh, in the summer of 2020, that wasn't going to happen in 1980. You know, you don't even have to think about 50, 60 years ago. You think about 40 years ago, you know, within some of our lifetimes. Things like that, there is no way it would have happened. Um, so I can appreciate that the, the needle has moved a lot in terms of the, uh, what the public will accept. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, we definitely have a further to go, but we've come, we've come a ways. And I appreciate you giving us some context on you. Uh, progress has clearly been made, but we have a long way to go. We got to keep working. And just to give everybody some context, uh, Rob, you are, uh, as, as I think about what you do every day, and just so not only are you a big brother, but you're a public interest lawyer working for a nonprofit that fights housing discrimination. Before coming to Miami, you lived in St. Louis, Seattle, Chi-Town, and you're from Chicago, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's right. Yeah, I'm from Chicago, West Side. And you know I was named after Chicago Bear. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. Gail Sayers. Yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> yeah, I just want to make sure, brother, for all the listeners, Gail Sayers Nelson and Miss Jackson, Mrs. Jackson, CEO of right. Express Taxes and Notary, CEO Express Taxes and Notary, and a wife uh, and a mother to five beautiful girls. And so, Natim, it's a pleasure to give everybody some context on you as well. And so now that we toss it to you, Natim, uh, what gives you hope for race relations in the future? Yes, hope regarding race relations. I'm sure you've seen the news, you've talked to your neighbor, you've strolled through your timelines, and hope could seem far-fetched when it comes to race relations. But what gives me hope is Programs like Big Brother, Big Sister, Bigs in Blue, it gives me hope. When a, a young child can see a police officer in a positive light, you understand, mentoring them, showing them that not only they made a vow to, you know, protect their family, but also their communities where they live, that's where hope begins. You understand, I, I believe that hope, although we have a long way to go, is right before our eyes and it's starting right here with you guys. Powerful. We don't do that alone. And some context on Austin, just so everybody's aware, Austin. Now, I tell you what, you know, and it's your story is so unique in that uh, one bachelor of science in criminal justice, master's in justice, policy and management. You have worked with the Florida Department of Juvenile Justice, done some trainings, many trainings, uh, worked for the Juvenile Services Department, victims of crime supervisor. So you look at it through a very unique lens. We have a discrimination, civil rights attorney, in other words, discrimination attorney. We got a mother that's a, an entrepreneur and wife, and we got a brother that's been, that works within the system. So, and now there's an overrepresentation, correct me if I'm wrong, 
of folks who look like us in the juvenile justice system, Austin. Uh, and so, and with that, what gives you hope for race relations as we move forward? Um, that's a, a great um, question um, for discussion. Um, living in a nation that prides itself on like a whole bastion of um, democracy and telling other countries what to do. There is still, it is still a divided and sensitive um, topic to discuss. So I'm glad you asked that question. So we can, I can say, Gail, there are times I, uh, when I see incidents on the news involving um, police misconduct and brutality towards me. Uh, when I say towards me, I mean me as a black male, but it occurring to others, I'm hurt. There's still despair. But what gives me hope is, as Rob said, and um, the young lady said earlier, is that to see how we are able to empower the younger generation and mentor them into become um, leaders, um, to become um, involved into organization, to study policy, to, to make change. And as she said, when we look at the, the Black um, Lives Matter protests, you see a lot of young, young people organizing within the community and making a difference, not talking about it, but they were actually doing the work. So what gives me hope is the total involvement and engagement in the action of our young people. And as a citizen, I have a personal responsibility to also give hope to myself because I feel like I can do more as a matter of fact, Gail, you see that I, I run for office in Miami Gardens because I do have a passion of concern for not only the justice reform that would better deal with the overrepresentation of my brothers and sisters in the juvenile justice system. I wanted to serve my community at a much higher level. And that's why I, I, I took that approach because I would be able to get involved into small community government to make policy changes through our own police department within Miami Gardens to better serve my community and create, connect it to educational, educational goals and opportunities in like um, black tech jobs and stuff. There are things that I want to do, so I do have a hope, but from a personal perspective. And I'm gonna tell you this, Gail, you do you know that Stephen chose to study public policy in college. You saw that in the graduation where he got the scholarship from the Parsi. That's what he put in his essay because I took him to like so many meetings. He's always tagging with me. And you remember he also had a speech impediment. So he learned a lot about why I used to go to these meetings like Up Park in Miami Gardens. And that's what triggered his mind. And he became very, very politically involved. Stephen is abreast on any and everything in the news. And that's why he chose public policy. So I am, I have hope because of the youths. And I love what you all have said. <laughs> and I want to just pause for a minute and just make sure that our audience understands the context. Because we're going to share this, this show with the Lodos as well. And the hope for the future. And let me just be abundantly clear. This is a mentoring podcast powered by Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Miami. Uh, and, I, and I don't know if all of you know this, but I have a flag in my office. My late uncle uh, was a deputy sheriff in Los Angeles County. Uh, and so we, we salute. And it, Austin, you work alongside many of these folks in uniform. 
We yes. salute all the brothers and sisters who put on the uniform every day to keep us safe. Our lives were protected. The brother that was at the Capitol, a good officer, what Goodwin, uh, yes. saved lives of, of elected officials. He thought and he did what he needed to do. So to be clear, I don't want anyone ever saying uh, that from a relationship standpoint, those who seek to serve and to protect, uh, we salute you because you you risk your lives every single day. Uh, and, I, and when I when I think about every match we make through bigs and blue, uh, every match we make with corporate professionals, whether it's attorneys like Rob, uh, whether it's juvenile justice professionals uh, like you, Austin, whether it's that's entrepreneurs and businesswomen like you, Natima, brothers and sisters, we need to keep working together. All the allies, the non-black allies, we salute you for using your platform and letting people know, as Rob said, call people out like that's wrong. That's not fair. And so as we move forward, the only way to move forward is together. And that is why I applaud each of you for your thoughts on the future, because everything was forward thinking, transparency and honesty. Uh, again, the youth and mentoring, as Natima said, but then also making sure we get involved, civic engagement, staying involved as well. Speaking of involvement, and Austin, you touched on it a little bit, uh, but Natima, I want to start with you, sis. Uh, what motivated you to become a big? Well, um, it was paying it forward. When I was a little girl, I grew up in uh, the inner city of Miami in the late 70s, early 80s, you know, in the projects. And at that time, crack was rampant. And so I looked around, I, I, I was like, oh my gosh, is this going to be my existence? I had a mentor. She was my fourth grade teacher, Miss Susie Brady. No matter what my situation was, she would refuse to allow me to soak in that. And she would always encourage me to do better. I used to stutter. I could hardly say my name. And so she would say, you want to speak properly? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and so she would practice with me day in and day out. And she was determined that I was going to be determined that I was going to be something special. And she was right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, pan it forward. It makes me, it's my pleasure to help children just like I was, just like me, a little girl like me and having a really hard background. But because of my mentor, she really installed in me some great things, you know, and it really changed the course of my life. Beautiful. So, Beautiful. Yeah. We need, and keep in mind when everybody pays it forward, uh, we're never short on the investment. We, we kind of keep paying it forward. Excellent, 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 Atima. Austin, what motivated you to become a big? Uh, Gail, you gave it away in your introduction <laughs> um, with this answer because um, I actually got involved in Big Brother, Big Sister. Um, when I graduated from FIU with a criminal justice degree, I, one of the awards I won was called Robert Clark Future Leader in Criminal Justice. Um, scholar. So I went to grad school. My initial thing was to go to law school. So I had already did everything, got accepted. And then one of the professor approached me and said, part of this award, we would like you to do a study for NCCD, National Crime and Delinquency Control, um, for the state of Florida legislators. And then to lo and behold, um, in grad school, when we met with the organizers of that um, project, for the state of Florida legislators, the topic was the overrepresentation of minorities in the criminal justice system. So I was paired with like six other students from different school and we studied that. 
for like a year and a half. And the troubling thing is that they asked us to study actual documents. So we studied some, I studied cases from Broward County and Miami-Dade County. And what I found out was that our black kids were particularly cheated different from their white counterparts. There's a clear case standout in my mind. The arrest, the, the charge was the same, but the black, the white kid was released to the parents from the sober documentary center. That alone gives him the way in the criminal justice system. So when it came to the recommendation, interestingly, one of the recommendations that me and the other students came up with was building restorative justice to show social capital and mentoring was one of it. So I talked to a lady named Gayla Mullins from Barry University. And while I'm interviewing her, she's recruiting me to come to a training for Big Brother Big Sister at Universal Truth Center in Miami Gardens when she realized what I'm doing with the study. And I did actually attend the training. So you remember, um, Christopher was my first kid through that study gave me the opportunity to identify mentoring as a solution for our black males to keep them out of criminal activities. And I continued with, I did the training and I became a big, and so Christopher was my first kid who graduated successfully from high school. I still have a relationship. As a matter of fact, Sunday Christopher brought me food to my house and drop it outside and call me and say, come outside, your food is sitting at your front door. And Stephen was the second kid who now who just graduated successfully. So that is actually what triggered my um my way of um becoming a, a mentor to help deter our young men and women from the criminal justice system, give them someone they can trust, and I can complement their life through the opportunities that Big Brother Big Sister so diligently and um, skillfully provide to us as mentor to the kids so that they can be who they are today, like the success of Stephen and Christopher. Incredible. And I don't know if you all know this, and it's interesting, as I talked to a, a, an entrepreneur, a CEO, a lawyer, uh, and a juvenile justice professional, Big Brothers Big Sisters began in 1904. It was a court clerk, a court clerk, Ernest Coulter, that founded Big Brothers and then later on, it was Big Brothers, Big Sisters. But he reason he started this program, in a, akin to what you are saying, Austin, he saw boys entering the juvenile justice system, entering juvenile court on a regular basis. And he said, we have to stop this cycle, break this cycle. And Big Brothers, Big Sisters began. So, Mr. Counselor, what motivated you uh, to become a Big Brother? I'm going to have to... Uh take the, uh, the response of my fellow panelists. I, I agree with her that, uh, that it, it was really just paying it forward. I thought about when I grew up, um, I, had, I had a lot of mentors. I had my parents, I had coaches, I had teachers, a lot of people who really looked out for me. And um, when I came to, to, uh, to Miami, I came here for the University of Miami for law school, and I just wanted to volunteer in the community and give back to that same idea, that same overall system that took care of me when I was a kid. I wanted to be a part of taking care of other kids. That's awesome. But I tell you what, I know how a big, and my next question is how has a big help, help you? How has being a big 
help you. And the reason I frame the question that way, I had a recent conversation with some national staff and I want to make sure we dispel the myths as we mm -hmm. talk to big brother, Rob Collins, big sister Natima Jackson and big brother, Austin Keynes here on the Game of Life Mentoring Podcast. My conversation with them was let us, we have to be careful with our messaging that being a big, we're coming to save a kid. Our kids don't need to be fixed. Our kids are full of potential. Our kids, and so we want to dispel the savior complex. Let me go help this poor child. No, sir, no, ma'am. You, you can inspire that young lady, that young princess. You can inspire that young prince. You can, again, and watch, that, watch them blossom. And I know you all are with me uh, on that messaging, but and just to make sure it's even clearer, I want to ask you all, starting with you, Austin, how has being a big helped you? Being a big helped me like very, I would give it like socially and personally um, as my answer. I actually learned to listen a lot more from being a big and just shut up when my little talk to me and, and, and listen and find out what another person wants or what is important to them. I learned how to compromise. I remember one time we went to the movie and I wanted to see a particular reason that movie and he wanted to see a particular movie and, uh, and we had to sit there and compromise just to decide on two tickets. And I also learned also that it's important to have trust, develop trust in yourself so that um, my little can gain trust in me and also be on time and never falter and like appointments. Like I don't, I, I, I reached to a point where at one time in my first match that I realized it's very important not to disappoint him. So how to get up, if we say 10 o'clock, we're going to play basketball. Are we going jogging? That I'm ready and be there at 10 o'clock. Because so it, it helped me a lot personally. And it helped me with social skills. I never used to talk a lot. I'm always quiet. My mom would say that. So I, I gained a lot of stuff from being a mentor in developing my social skills and my personal self. That helped me not only in my match relationships, but in my relationships on a whole with family members and everything I learn how to listen, trust people, people can trust me and and to be on time and not to disappoint people. You're getting a lot out of this brother. I tell you what, I should charge you then. <laughs> no, that's excellent. I mean, you talk about those life skills you, you are learning by being a big, you're making an investment in this, these young men and they are paying it back. Excellent, excellent, excellent. We'll come back to that point. Rob, uh, what, what, how has being a big helped you? Um, I definitely want to uh, respond to what you said about uh, that we're not saving them. That's, uh, <clears throat> I can't even, that's, I'm so glad you said that because that's a big, I think that's a big part of like a lot of social services is that in uh, often, frankly, often in an attempt to solicit for donations, people make whoever their clients are look like such charity cases. And uh, it's really hard to see. And it really, Khalil is my friend for life, my little brother. And it's hard for me to see him see that. You know, I don't want to see him watch himself be portrayed as this like, oh, he's so pitiful, whatever. 
So I really appreciate that you said that because that, that's, that's a good call. And I, I think, unfortunately, you have volunteers even more than donors. You have volunteers who are face-to-face -face with the kids who actually think that. And they do get in that idea, that, that mindset that they're, they're saving these kids. So I really appreciate that you said that. And I think that's um, something that volunteers, you know, sometimes could be trained on um, and to recognize like, hey, these, they're people just like you. Maybe they just don't have your safety nets. You know, maybe they just don't have your resources, but otherwise they are you. Um, so uh, for me though, I mean, Khalil's a friend for life. He was the ring bearer and actually the entire bridal party at my wedding with, uh, with my wife's little sister, the, the two of them were our bridal party. I mean, he, being a big has helped me. I, I didn't have, I, I was, uh, when Khalil and I met, I guess I was 25 and I didn't have my own kid till I was 31. And I, I treated him like he was an adult when we first met. And then I realized how you can't really do that with kids all the time. <laughs> so it helped me be ready to be a dad. Uh, it helped me think about, okay, you know, there are levels of things. Yeah, I, I really had not interacted with a lot of, I mean, I, I had worked with kids, but not, not intimately like this, like a relationship. Like uh, I don't have little brothers or, and, and my nieces and nephews don't live in, in the state. So um, yeah, I didn't really have this kind of relationship with a young person the same way. But um, kind of like Elvis was saying, like, it taught me a lot about myself. I, I learned, I've learned where I need to grow. I, I learned to control my temper better and to be more patient. Uh, I've learned to, um, to, to think critically about my, my, the world and my place in it. I think um, when, I, when I'm talking to Khalil about his place in the world, what to do if the police pull you over, why you should hold doors for people, why you should um, volunteer. It makes me hear myself and be like, yeah, you know, Rob, you should be considerate of what's the world and your place in it. What are things that you can change? What are things you can't change? What are things, you know, if you get, if you say hi to somebody and they don't say hi back, what do you do the next time you have an opportunity? You say hi to the next person, you know, like these lessons that I try to impart to him it, it was just saying it out loud made me think about it. Um, so yeah, I've, I've gotten infinite amounts. I can't even begin to say how, how much uh, I've benefited from being a big. So this thing is working out pretty well for you all as bigs. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, Rob, I must say, when uh, you and your little came to a flag football game over at FIU, one of my first encounters with you and you were like just a speeding fro that went just Black History Month. The, the fro just went by me so fast. Yeah. I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. I didn't know if you were the big or the little. <laughs> so I know what else you're getting out of being a big. You can run by me playing flag football. So you're very welcome, brother. Well, no problem. You. <laughs> you remember that, don't you? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> You better, it better not show up on ESPN top 10. I'll just say that to you as well, brother. Take it easy on me. Uh, Natima, uh, certainly last but not least on this particular question. Uh, and I think it's important. And you all have given such great vivid context on why it's so important to serve. Because when one person gets matched, two lives are changed forever. And so Natima, what has being a big done to help you? Well, you know, being a mom of five, you can always be on mommy mode, right? And um, with the littles, my two, I have a little brother and a little sister. Um, I've gotten so much better at listening. 
because you must listen. You know, when you're a mentor, you're not their mom. You're, you know, you're not, you are their sister. And I, I thought I knew how to be a sister since I have five siblings, <laughs> but uh, they have me to listen. And it's been my pleasure listening to them, confiding with them, guiding them, leading them. It has been my pleasure and has brought about a change. Even my children like the change. <laughs> well, so listening is, was a, I guess, one of those things where, you know, do what I tell you. I'll do the talking, you do the listening. So now I'm more, way better at listening. And it really helped me a lot. So your children, and I know your kids, they're like, you're a better mommy. This big, this big sister thing is great. Keep helping those kids because it's better at home. So I love it. I love it, guys. And one final question, and I really appreciate all of you spending some time with me today. And this is how we bring it home. Uh, the mission of Big Brothers Big Sisters is to ignite the power and promise of our youth. Again, not to fix youth, fix youth, not to save youth. And every time we tell a match story, we are so sensitive. We tell the story. And sometimes that story includes foster homes and maybe an incarcerated parent and all that. But that's their story. That's their truth. But the key is this young man, this young lady has tremendous potential. Support them. Invest in a program that can provide the, the bigs that can work walk alongside them. That's why we exist. That, and again, yes, you from a tax standpoint, yeah, 501c3, charitable contribution. But no, this is an impact investment. See, when you think, let's talk business. When you invest in big brothers, big sisters, you are making an impact investment. And you want to know why? Let's find out why. So now here we go. Uh, Rob, your little brother, you mentioned he was in your wedding and your wife, your beautiful wife, who we know very well and love. Uh, you, the bridesmaid, and they were both in your wedding party. But tell us about your little brother then and now as you head toward the future. Yeah, when I met Khalil, he was eight. Um, and honestly, he wasn't, he wasn't, I don't know how to put it, he wasn't that driven as far as school. Uh, he was there. He, he, had, he had good attendance, whatever. And he wasn't, he wasn't cutting up. He wasn't going crazy or anything. But he didn't care that much. I mean, and he'll tell you that himself. I'm not revealing any news. But uh, in our time together, and actually kind of like we talked about before, I'm not necessarily taking credit for it. Um, but in our time together, now he's 21. And uh, we still talk uh, twice, three times a month. And um, he's up in Tallahassee at FAMU. And he's pursuing a nursing degree. And he, I mean, he's completely on track to graduate college on time and everything. So in, in the 13 years that I've been lucky enough to be with him, I've seen him decide that he wants to take control of his future. And there are, there are other people in his life um, that he's seen who just kind of, for lack of a better way of putting it, fall by the wayside and don't care about school. And, like, and they also, not necessarily like going to jail, committing crimes and stuff, but they're just not driven. And he's seen that. And... Um, for infinite numbers of reasons over the last decade, he said, you know, that's not going to be me. I want to do something. Um, and so I, I'm really proud of him for, um, for turning it around because he didn't have to, you know, I could, and actually I really appreciate what Nikima said before, he's not my son. 
I cannot make him do anything. And that getting that buy-in from him is really valuable. And so I, a lot of times I could just lead the horse to water, but I couldn't make him drink. So I really appreciate that on his own accord, internally, he has taken it upon himself to excel in life. And yeah, I was a junior up at FAMU, so I'm, I'm proud of him. Shout out to Florida A&M, all Rattlers here and elsewhere. Uh, my wife is a graduate, a proud graduate of Florida A&M, home of the Rattlers. Let me say it again, little brownie points at home. Shout out to Florida A&M, the Florida A&M University, home of the Rattlers. A junior, Khalil, keep going, little brother. 13 years, and one of the things you said, Rob, he will be, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm quoting you now, he will be a friend for life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Whether Now, that's something he can't control. That's going to happen. Sorry, Khalil. Hope you're, hope you're all right with that. <laughs> I think he'll be just fine with that 13 years and counting on track to graduate a little brother from eight years old to now 21 at Florida A&M University. Uh, Natima, tell us about your littles. I mean, you got some younger littles, so they're not in college yet. But tell no. us about tell us about them. Give us their just their first names. Give us their names and tell us a little bit about them. When you first were matching, what's going on now? Well, we have Kwanzi, which I call King, and Kasora. Kwanzi, when I met them, they were he was nine years old, eight turning nine, and the sister was ten, and. Uh, yeah, Kwanzi was like, um, he was a great energy for my home since we have all girls here, five girls. And so him being my little brother was so great, you know, allowing some more male energy in my life. And, and he would constantly tell me he was having troubles, different troubles in schools and things like that. And we talked a lot. And Kisora always reminded me, even at the age of 10, that she was a preteen. <laughs> constantly reminding me, I know a little bit about preteens. So she's constantly reminding me that she, you know, she's a preteen and she does well. She started, both of them started having issues in school, but as the years has went on, they have progressed tremendously. Kisora now dances for a private company extremely well. And Kwanzi. King is pursuing acting. He's amazing. So it's just getting better and better as they continue to do whatever issues they have. And right now they're smooth selling. They live in much better than before the grandmothers took over. So their growth inspires me. I, I love it. I, I see them going from now, Kwanzi was short and little. Now he's taller than me. So <laughs> I, I look forward to the day when I'm looking up at him because he's going to be a great big man. And hopefully he, good, he wants to go to school at NYU for acting. So we're going to press him all the way there. And same thing with Kasora. She's a great dancer. She speaks well. And she's not afraid of any party. Remember, we took her over to the um, gala. She greeted those people like I was paying her to greet them. So she's amazing. So I'm, I'm very happy with their progress. As we talk Black history, I think of great act great dancers like Debbie Allen, uh, and I think about actors like the Morgan Freemans of the world and the Cicely Tysons, the late Cicely Tyson, and so Black history made daily. So as we think about your littles, uh, that little boy and that little girl, from college graduates at Florida A&M to future dancers and college graduates at NYU and act and acting. So the future looks bright. Thank you, Natima, uh, for that as well. And last but not least, and I know where this story is going. I have seen it firsthand. 
-hmm. our gala at the beautiful Ice Palace, the last gala as COVID and the pandemic uh, really started to set in on March 7th of 2020, on stage number one, Austin, you stood next to a young man who stood tall, who told his story and some of his challenges. So it, I'll use this as a relay. You're the anchor man today, so bring us home. Use the track and field analogy. Uh, bring us home, uh, if you will, Jesse Owens style. See, I'm throwing in some black history there. Bring us home, Jesse Owens style, Austin. Tell us about your little brother then and now. My little brother then and now. It's, it's an amazing, as I said, transition and story. Interestingly, I met Steve, Stephen in elementary school. And um, I was trying to figure out if he was in sixth grade or fifth grade. But Stephen had like many challenges. Um, as Gail mentioned, I work for Jesse, but I used to do the night shift. So instead of Stephen called his mom, he knows I'm home in the daytime, he will call me. And one, in one day, one week, Stephen, like just to give you a history as the Gail asked the question, he was suspended three times in one week when, when, when I met him. He never used to talk because as Gail said, he talked about his story on stage one last year because he had a speech impediment and was afraid to open his mouth and he was react. And I think the teachers and the school officials somewhat think that was a behavior issue, but it seems like he used to protect himself. And so every time they would try to suspend him, I would get up off my bed and I would um, go on there. And a lot of times I'll by myself because my wife is military and a lot of times she's overseas. So I would have the time to go. So every incident of suspension, I was there because we, uh, I don't know, like for your audience, when you're big, you can sign up on the school um, roster. So they know who you are when you come there. There is no question as long as you show your ID, you're representing big brother, big sister. So I would got involved. I cut every suspension. Once I show up, they would not suspend the kid because they would look at her. Well, how come he's listening to you? How come he's respecting you? your behavior? And then talk about like poor grades and and because he would not perform in school or participate. He wouldn't play sports and so on. So um, when I got involved and got him to speak into me and start trusting me, as Gail said, I would take him to every big brother, big sister event because I'm home in the day time. His first football game was with me, the flag football at Miami Gardens. So his first basketball, up until now, he's still trying to beat me in a basketball game. I don't know how, you remember the story with um, Rudabear and, and CBS Models? He's, he told the reporters, no, you got to come to the park because I want to beat him on camera. <laughs> he still was trying to beat me. Now he plays sport. He loves um, cross country. And amazingly, academically, Stephen grown so much as a young man in such a way that his academics went straight up to the roof because of my involvement in school. If you see one of the pictures Gail showed, that was when he went to middle school. That was his graduation picture, not high school. And you see the trophies in his hand because he wanted me to be there to see how much trophies he's gonna get when he went to middle school. Um, his academics went up the roof. Um, Thanks to Big Brother, Big Sister with their um, relationship with Miami-Dade College, 
Stephen went in from 10th grade, started taking college courses in from Miami-Dade while he was in high school. So when Stephen graduated from 12th grade last year, Stephen also received a, a, a degree, an associate degree, because he had so much credits that I myself wasn't aware of into the school advanced studies. So he wouldn't be that long in um, Hamilton College where he's now going, where he have the full four year scholarship. And then he also had, um, thanks to Big Brother Big Sister again, he won um, a scholarship from the Carnival Cruise Line as a competition. So he has the support um, that he need from Big Brother Big Sister and his four year scholarship too take him away to school and also to assist him to grad school. So he is now um, in Hamilton College. He's doing um, public policy uh, and, and political science. He, he wants to go into politics. He wants to be a community organizer. He, he, he wants to do great things. He now could play basketball. Um, he loved going to the gym with me when he's home. He, he has grown into like an uh, amazing person. And also the first kid I mentor on him, they have a, a relationship also of connection, uh, which comes about from big brother, big sister. And, and, and as they, both of you say, it's like I and them are like, both of them have their own relationship now to big brother, big sister, because they, Christopher is trying to mentor Stephen. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, Chris, you need your own. Um, <laughs> and they have me in a chat that sometimes I'm paying no attention to their chat about their goals and dating. I think we lost you. Austin froze on us a little bit. Uh, we'll let him close out. Give it just a second. Live TV. Rob and team, are you still with me? Yes, yes sir. All right. Let's see if he comes back. We'll give it just a second. All right. So now, as we close out, I want to just thank you guys, because I know Austin was saying that they he has a relationship with all of his littles. Chris is first little, Stephen is second little. They are both together. There he is. Yes. All uh, right. Uh, you froze a little bit, Austin, but we got you, brother. Go ahead and yeah. close out your thought. Close your thought, brother. So um, it, it's an amazing experience, and it gave me a feeling of centaur to see where my little brothers came from and where they are today. And I, I want to salute and give thanks to our organization, Big Brother, Big Sister, man, for doing such great things in our community. And also to take this opportunity to invite more men, since this is Black History Month, I want to see more men just like myself and Rob coming into Big Brother, Big Sister to give back. This is Black History Month. This is a time when we need you to take care of our own as we celebrate. Black History Month. We need you to become a part of us. That's why I waited on you to come back after being frozen for a minute. So that uncomfortable silence was all right, because at the end of the day, we cannot be silent when it comes to social justice, racial equity, and most importantly, building positive relationships that impact our community. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap for this beautiful Friday. We are thankful to have, to have had with us today Big Brother Rob Collins, Big Sister Natima Jackson, and Big Brother Austin Keynes. Thank you all. I appreciate and love what each of you are about. And thank you for spending some time with me today. Enjoy your weekend. And remember, in the game of life, everybody makes the team, but how you play is up to you. Have a great one, folks.